This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Whole Plant Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I really hope you enjoyed our worship today and you're ready for the Word of God. So here we go. We are in Recycle, Repurpose Part 3 and I am, I am excited to be here with you, to preach the word to you. I pray that you get something out of this, um, that you changed, that you're more like Jesus after we're done, okay? So let me pray. And um, if you want to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41, you can do that. I'm going to start there and we're going to get going. So Genesis uh, chapter 41, we're going to read uh, starting with verse 50 uh, to verse 52. All right, so Father, uh, we thank you, God, for your word today. Grant unto me, God, your grace and your anointing. Lord, I hide behind the cross, and I pray that you speak today. I don't pray that uh, I speak. I pray that Christ speaks, and I don't pray that I speak to your people uh, necessarily. I pray that the Christ in me speaks to the Christ in them. And I pray, God, that we are transformed and we are changed because of your word being planted in our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. And here we go, all right? We are in the middle of our series, Recycle, Repurpose, and I'm excited uh, today, okay? I am really excited to preach this message. And um, actually, before we even jump into the um, the, the verse here, Genesis 41, 50, um, I'm going to actually... Um, give you the first point so you get an idea of what we're getting into. Now, the point number one is this, all right? Suffering is redemptive, okay? In the kingdom of God and being in Christ, because he is God and he overcame death, hell, and the grave, when we look at the cross, we see uh, him on the cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, all right? crown of thorns um, on his head, all right? He became sin for us. He suffered a sinner's death. He, three days and three nights, all right, in the center of the earth, rose again the third day. The reason suffering is redemptive is because the cross tells us that, okay? So, and the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. So when we are walking in Christ and we are in Christ, God will recycle and repurpose our suffering, okay? So that that is a kingdom reality. That is a Christ-following reality. Suffering is redemptive, okay? It is redemptive. Uh, God does something in it and through it every time, okay? Isn't that beautiful? That's the God that we serve, that, you know, uh, the cross is a picture of that, but our life, when we suffer in this world, I mean, there is glory that will follow, okay? So let's look at this. We're going to look at the life of Joseph here a little bit, uh, but in Genesis chapter 41, verse 50, if you're there, say, I got it, okay? And so here we go. Um, and this is after Joseph um, came through a process, thrown in a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused for raping uh, Potiphar's wife, 
uh, did some time in prison, and uh, God blessed him through that every time, that God was just kind of bringing him through a process. But if you look at the life of Joseph, it's a life of suffering. It really is. He, he, God did a lot in his life, but he also um, suffered in life, okay? So look at verse 50. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, uh, whom Asenath, the daughter of Padai, Farah, priest of On, bore to him. Verse 51 of Genesis 41. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Okay, uh, verse 52. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction, okay? And so Joseph got a little breakthrough here, right? He had come through somewhat of a process, and it says here that uh, before the famine came, because in the years of, of abundance, Joseph stored food, okay? He, he was wise. He stored in winter, okay? It's a good financial principle there. Uh, but he stored, and so when the famine came, uh, they, the, 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 he led in Egypt, and the place um, uh, the, and what he created, uh, all the known world came to them for provision, and that was Joseph. And so, I mean, um, Joseph was literally in second command to um, uh, this empire. Okay, so God had elevated him, and so he, he has two kids, and he names them these things because of what, after he looked back, he, he could see God's faithfulness through his suffering. And I'm here to tell you this right now, and we're going to get into this, but suffering is re requisite to your spiritual growth. This is, this is just part of it. It is, it is required for spiritual formation. Um, this is in the scripture, and, and not only is it in the scripture, but if anybody would be honest, that, that suffering is just a part of life. Am I right? I mean, Jesus said, in this world, uh, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Um, you know, um, and if you look at the early church, you look in, in the book of Acts, um, you see the early church that there was suffering. There was breakthrough and favor and blessing, but there was suffering. It is, it is part of life. But I'm here to tell you right now that suffering is in the will of God. It is. Um, I'm not here to dissect your personal life and tell you what it, I mean, you know, but the bottom line is that in the will of God, um, there is this thing called suffering. I know it's not popular. We don't like to preach it a lot. I'm not trying to, I'm not preaching some doomsday. We're in defeat at all, but just because we suffer doesn't mean we're in defeat. And just because we suffer doesn't mean that we're victims. Just because we suffer uh, doesn't mean we, um, we, we can't get through and break through, but um, we will suffer, okay? So suffering's in the will of God. It's an integral part of the will of God in our journey with God, okay? I think we know that, but I just want to encourage you that, that God will use it. God will um, recycle it, repurpose it. I mean, it, it happens time and time again. If you look at Joseph, um, if you look at Joseph, right? He said, man, um, I'm gonna name my first one Manasseh because I've forgotten all my toil. And that word toil, that word toil, he's in the will of God. He's got the favor of God in his life, but in there, woven in his journey, 
is suffering. And he's like, man, God has caused me to forget my toil, which is trouble. Um, it, it, the word toil there means miserable, wearisome, to wear on you, okay? He had been through some things, okay? So suffering is a promise from God. I mean, if we choose to serve him. Okay, now we're gonna suffer in this world regardless. So you might as well do it with God and, and in the will of God and having God with us. Can I get an amen, somebody? The Bible says in Timothy um, that if we desire to live godly, we will suffer persecution. So just the desire to live right, we will suffer persecution, okay? And so if you desire to live godly, you know, we're, we're gonna suffer in this world, okay? But he, he, he said this, he said, um, you know, that um, uh, this one, Manasseh, is because I've, the Lord has made me to forget all my toil in my, in my father's house. And God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. I want to read that last verse one more time. For God, called him Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Joseph named uh, his secondborn Ephraim. He named him Ephraim because he said, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. That right there, it tells you suffering is redemptive. He was afflicted and he was still fruitful. He was afflicted, um, you know, and he still grew. In, and that word bear fruit means to grow, increase, and blossom. So, so uh, come on now, affliction, um, being downcast, uh, go, being abased. That's what that word means. Affliction means to be abased. Apostle Paul said, you know, I know what it is to abound, and I know what it is to be abased, all right? I know how to be content in whatever state I am, wherever I am. We kind of learned that. Uh, I believe last week about contentment that I've learned to be content. I mean, he was growing and developing and living in the will of God and progressing in his affliction. He's like, man, God's been good. I've grown. God's given me favor. I've developed and it's been in affliction. He's like, man, I'm maybe my second born Ephraim because I've been fruitful in my affliction. Okay, so it, it is, it, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you here, um, a necessary ingredient, okay, to a fruitful life is affliction. It's part of it, okay? We can't avoid it. We can't pray it away. We must continue with Jesus in our suffering, in our affliction, whatever it is. I am encouraging you that God will use it. He will recycle it and repurpose it. Think about this. God used um, Joseph's affliction as fertile soil to be fruitful in. It didn't destroy him. It didn't get him out of the will of God. It didn't get him into sin. It actually was something God used to make him fruitful. Isn't that amazing? That's what God does. So here it is, my second point. God uses affliction to bring growth. He does. This is what he does. The Bible says Jesus, right, that he uh, learned obedience through the things he suffered as a man, okay? As a man, it says that in the word of God, okay? So, um, so affliction can actually be repurposed as fertile soil to produce fruit unto God, okay? And look at this. Um, if you notice this though, like if, if we're, 
all of humanity, the Bible says it rains on the just and unjust, okay? So this fallen world, there is suffering. When we follow Jesus, there's gonna be a suffering, a unique type of affliction, and it's because you're obedient to God, all right? Okay, so it's not so much about that it happens and it's gonna happen, it's really how I respond to suffering when it happens that makes the difference, okay? If you look at Joseph's life, man, he maintained and continued in his relationship with Jesus. He had a healthy view of God. He did not allow the, the false accusations, the way he was rejected and treated by his own, in his own house, he did not use that against God. He kept his heart pure and right before God. And in, in, in essence, right, he kept loving God and loving people. And you see it at the end of his life that his character was, 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 was harnessed. There were restraints on him. Um, the, the love of God restrained him in his suffering and kept him. Okay, so the truth, this is the truth. Suffering will happen for, to all of us and, and unto all of us. It will happen, it will. It has, it is, and it will, okay? Uh, we shouldn't be scared of suffering. We shouldn't be um, fearful of it. It is a part of life, right? And it is a part of walking with God. The good news is God is with you in it and God will use it for his glory and he will use it to develop you and cause you to increase in growth. Okay, this is all over the scripture. I don't know why we don't hear more about this in America. Come on, somebody. That suffering is part of the will of God. It is promised and even if we were to not even look at the scripture, just be honest about life. And yes, suffering is a part of life. Once again, the good news is what God will do to you and what God will use it to produce in your life. Because we are after Christ-likeness, suffering, suffering in the will of God can produce Christ-likeness in you. Okay, so, so, so why do some, you know, emerge from suffering triumphant? You ever know, you ever ask that question? Like you could, I'm sure you could think right now of two people going through the same thing, uh, same struggle, trial, um, whatever it is. You can look at two separate people that went through the same thing and one came out and you're like, man, they're actually better. And the other one is kind of, sinking down into some spiral of sin. But it's the same struggle, the same suffering, the same situation. Why Why do some come out better and others come out bitter? I have no idea. No, I don't, I mean, there's complexity in that. There's, there, there, every situation is different. But I, what I am saying because of Jesus overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says that he destroyed the devil and he destroyed death. The Bible says that through what he did, he destroyed the works of the devil. And so we being in him, in him and us, that we can come through suffering triumphant as he did because of him. 
all right, because of him. Yes, we can. We can come out of, we could be in bitter water, but not allow the bitterness to get in us. This is because of Christ and because of his forgiveness and his presence and his word and his faithfulness and his mercy, we can. And so, so what does continuing in the faith practically look like? Why? Because I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. People in my own walk with God, that I've been through um, ministry experiences, man, which so, are so heartbreaking uh, a couple of times where I was in um, churches and ministries that were successful, um, you know, that had influence, that were great. Like if you were to walk into the church when, when, when it was going and God was moving and you would be like, man, this is an awesome church, right? Like you're like, man, God's presence is here. Man, the worship is awesome. You know, the word is good. You got it's a diverse community. I'm like, man, this is awesome, right? And I, I've been in there where where the, the pastors fell into sin. They fell. They they messed up. They, and as a result of that, the ministry, the church began to crumble, literally. Fall apart. People leaving, you know, just resources going out the window. And it's they're gone now. Those two are literally gone. And um, they were great in their moment that they had prior to whatever happened behind closed doors. And, you know, um, but I've seen people come through those and some have come out triumphant and come out better. And some are still to this day, we're talking years in the making. Now we're talking some of this, some of what I'm saying is we're talking close to 15, 20 years, seven years ago, eight, whatever, however long ago. I mean, and they still are struggling with walking with God today. And at that point, they were looking like, man, these are strong believers. These are leaders in the church and this and that. And um, it's heartbreaking and it's sad. But so, so, so I've seen it. I've seen this. But I'm here to tell you suffering is redemptive. And I'm here to tell you God uses, God uses affliction uh, for your growth, okay? But here we go. What, what does continuing the faith practically look like? And I'm going I'm to give you these. You probably know these uh, little, little, little attributes, characteristics here. And I'm here to tell you right now, these things, this isn't, this isn't comprehensive. It's a good, good amount of things, but this is what's going to keep you when, you when you walk through suffering. If you look at Joseph, he did it. If you look at the early church, the early apostles, and how they were persecuted, and they just kept themselves in the will of God, even in suffering. And here it is. Here's, it's not an extensive list, but here it is. Number one, humility. 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 Humbleness toward God and people. That's going to keep you. Suffering isn't easy. But I'm telling you right now, humility and humbleness before God and people is what's going to keep you. I'm telling you this right now. This is another thing is you got to exercise forgiveness. It's an exercise. It's not easy. It doesn't feel good. You don't, you're not going to want to do it. Your flesh isn't going to want to do it, but you got to exercise that. You got to walk in that. I'm telling you, these things right here is what's going to keep you. You got to exercise forgiveness. Not, the next one, faithfulness. Faithfulness is an attribute of the fruit of the spirit. Righteous living, living right through it. Not, not, not using the sins of others as an excuse for you to sin. Not using the hurtful way you were treated as, a, as an excuse for sin, but, but actually living out righteousness. Worship is another one. Worship, stay in worship, continue to worship. When Job lost everything, in the beginning of the book of Job, he lost everything, literally lost everything. The Bible says he worshiped. Okay, worship. Another one, serving others. Never stop serving others. Don't ever use suffering, affliction, or trouble as an excuse to stop serving other people. I'm telling you that these principles, these attributes, these Christ-like characteristics are what will keep us in suffering. 
Another one, staying connected to community and local church. Don't use the hurtful behavior of people in community to get you out of community, okay? Don't allow that to happen. These are just some, some characteristics of how to continue in the faith practically when you're suffering. Once again, what, what does continuing the faith practically look like? There, there, there's something about continuing faith. Now, our vision as a church, right? We exist so that you can encounter God and walk in freedom. Right now, this is all about walking in freedom. This is a walk. This thing is a walk. Love is a walk. Love is not an event. Come on now. Um, encountering God is an event. It can be an event where God touches you. You encounter Jesus. You're like, man, you know? Um, but this thing is a walk. It's like, man, when I first met Crystal Gale, man, I encountered this woman. I was like, man, you know what? She is fine. She is, look at her. Uh, you know, I'm like, man, I'm going after her, right? She is, she is, um, yeah, she was fine. I mean, I was going to say, man, she's smart. I didn't really know her, but I'll be honest with you. When I first saw her, I'm like, man, I'm in love already. I didn't really know her, but I was like, hey, what's up, girl? So, so I was like in love. I mean, man, she was, she was uh, bold, black, and beautiful, right? Like, I'm like, that is my wife. In the name of Jesus. No, um, some people get weird when they do that. But I really was, I, I was like, man, I encountered her. And like, and then, you know, uh, we, we kind of had that, that, that moment when you first meet and emotions are high, you know, and it's kind of like that honeymoon type of experience. It's like, boom. But, you know, we're going to, we're celebrating um, 12 years of marriage um, actually when this first goes live, it's, it was Saturday, yesterday, the, the 22nd. So the 22nd of May is, is 12 years of marriage. Praise the Lord. Yay. Woo, 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 woo. Look at, she put up with me for 12 years. Look, we're still in love, right? We're still in love. So, but the point is the encounter with her was one thing. Walking out a covenant relationship in marriage, it's totally different. All right. And so continue in the faith. So here's, here's the next one here. Um, when suffering happens, when trouble happens, when, when, when life happens, okay? I, I said these already. I'm gonna go through them quickly and say one more that I believe is extremely important, okay? But humility, humbleness toward God and people, exercising forgiveness, faithfulness, righteous living, worship, serving others, staying connected to community, okay? Don't allow... Um, the faults of a few to get you out of that sacred gathering, that sacred community, the body of Christ, okay? There's plenty of imperfect people in community, all right? And we have to learn how to navigate it and not allow the faults of a few to get us out of it because you need to be in it. We are the body of Christ. The hand can't save the foot. I have no need of you, right? So the last one, and staying submitted to spiritual authority. And that, that's part of community. I'm just saying, when you go through it, stay connected to, to spiritual authority. Stay connected to those that are serving the word of God to you. Stay connected to being under 
a community, in a community, under spiritual authority, that you are covered in community. We need it. This is, this is ancient, right? This is ancient truth that has been since the, since the birth of the church. And even before you see Jesus in the 12, it was, they, they, they were, it was a community and the early church was a community and there were, were leaders and elders and it's, you know, the elders praying for them and speaking the word of God to them. And the apostle Paul making multiple trips to certain regions to encourage them in the Lord. There, there was this, there was this spiritual, um, uh, Holy Ghost led community of believers. And there was a structure there for their spiritual development, spiritual formation, and, and, and spiritual safety and covering. So let's look at this here, okay? Acts chapter 14, okay? Acts 14, verse 21. And, and when they preached the gospel uh, to that city and made many disciples, they returned, they returned, okay, to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, okay? They returned. They were in community, okay? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, okay? And so um, this strengthening was like, it's, it's in the Greek definition, it's like a building block. So there was already some truth laid in their spirit. And when they came a second time, when it says they strengthened them, they built on that. So this, this word strengthening is a spiritual word. It's a, it's a, it's a discipleship type of word that, that basically means it's a process of, of strengthening or, or, or the, the, this process strengthens by extending the understanding that precedes. It supports what must follow. So it's a building block. So what it's saying is when we're strengthening the Lord, it's because we're in community and we're under spiritual authority. Why? Because in that, what God does by his spirit is he lays a foundation of the truth of the word. And when you're in community with the same community, with the same leaders, when you are connected like they were, they return to this place, they laid a foundation and they put another piece of truth, right? The Bible talks about being established in present truth. So there was this truth laid and then they built on that. And when they built on that, there was there was something else it was pointing to to build on. So we are being built a spiritual house. We, are, you know, so they came and they strengthened the soul of the disciples, exhorting them, this is verse 22, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. We must through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23, so when they had appointed elders in every church, somebody say spiritual leaders. Somebody say elders. Somebody say uh, local church structure. So verse 23, so when they had appointed elders in every church, they appointed them. Why? Because every Christ follower needs leadership, needs spiritual authority, needs somebody looking out for them, needs somebody encouraging them. They appointed them and praying with fasting, they commanded them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They commended them unto the Lord in whom they had believed, okay? And so this word tribulation is, is, is an interesting word. It really means pressure. 
it means pressure. So we through much pressure. We must, we must, it says, must through much pressure. Pressure. Enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, this word pressure, it's like it's like narrowing it down. It like hems you in. It, it, this pressure, this tribulation, it's, it's, it, it's something that makes you feel confined without options, right? And this pressure, um, what, what the devil intended to destroy you, God is using the same pressure to get you into the kingdom, all right? It says in this, this word tribulation, it means pressure or compression, okay? It carries the challenge of coping with internal pressure of a tribulation, especially when feeling there's no way of escape. I'm hemmed in. I'm, 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 there's this pressure. And so that, 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 that type of pressure is redemptive. Like I said in the beginning, suffering in the kingdom, it's redemptive. God uses it. He uses the pressure of life, the tribulation that's in this world. When we are in Christ, it is used to get us into the kingdom. The, thing, the things we think sometimes are pulling us out. If we stay humble, we keep forgiving, we keep serving, we keep loving people and loving God. That pressure will be used to propel us into the kingdom of God, okay? Hallelujah. We must through much pressure. So here's my next point, is through pressure. This is, this, is, this is the kingdom of God right here, folks. Through pressure comes progress, okay? It's, it, the pressure is actually propelling you. Okay, when we're in God, I'm here to tell you your suffering is redemptive. Your, your tribulation, the pressure, the, 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 the feelings of being confined and hemmed in. I'm telling you, when we continue to seek the Lord, he actually uses that pressure to propel us into a place of being, of being blessed and being a blessing. Okay, that, that's just how God works. Okay, so you're redeemed, you're elected, you're chosen and called. And because of that, God is positioning you, okay, for his purpose. Okay, God is, God, God is using these struggles for his purpose. He's using them for his purpose. Once again, I'm going to go through these first few points real quick. Suffering is redemptive, okay? You can, you can do a word search on suffering and see how many times God uses it for his glory. Next one, God uses affliction to bring growth. God uses affliction to bring growth. And here's the next one. Through pressure comes progress. Let's go back to Genesis uh, chapter 50, verse 19. This is later in uh, Joseph's life. We read earlier uh, when he uh, had um, Ephraim and Manasseh. And this is another season of his life, okay? Um, this is when his family is before him and he um, has now become a huge blessing to them, the very ones that did them wrong. The very thing he forgot, uh, forgot in the sense of, man, God has been good to me. God has favored me. And he called his first right Manasseh because he forgot the toil and all his father's house. So there was, he came from a place that wasn't, didn't like, didn't, that affected him, right? It was, it was, he suffered, right? There was suffering there. And so here it is. Let's look at this. This is powerful. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 to 21. 
and it says, this is him talking to his brothers. Um, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? Wow. Uh, but as for you, you meant evil against me. All right, somebody say suffering. Somebody say tribulation. Say affliction. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. What you did against me, God has recycled it and repurposed it for good. What you did was evil, but God has done something with it and it is now good. It has now produced something. It has caused something great to happen. Somebody say suffering is redemptive. Say it again, suffering is redemptive. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive, okay? And it was a strategy, the way he stored all the resources and was able to be a blessing to people that had none, okay? And so here's my next point. Your suffering will save somebody, okay? Now, I don't mean that from an, an absolute theological perspective that our literal suffering saves other people, but I'm saying that through your suffering, God will open doors for ministry. I'm telling you, God will repurpose and recycle your suffering to bring assist, assistance, help, and ministry to people. Why did he go through this? To save many people alive. Verse 21, now therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. That tells us how Joseph was able to navigate being done wrong and suffering and affliction is his spirit his heart was right. He kept his heart pure. What he went through didn't get in him. He overcame evil with good. That's what the Bible says in the New Testament. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Somebody in your future is attached to your suffering today. Somebody in your future is gonna be blessed by what you're having to walk through today. Your suffering today is your ministry tomorrow. Your hardship today is, is how you're gonna help somebody tomorrow, okay? Those that have done you wrong are being set up to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus through you. Those that have done you wrong and that potentially are doing you wrong are being set up to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus through you, all right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here it is, my last verse, okay? Hebrews 2.16. Hebrews chapter 2.16, for indeed, um, for, sorry, verse 16 to verse 18, I'm gonna read this quickly. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, He's talking about Jesus now, but he, give, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. That's us that have put our faith in Christ 
those that are justified by faith, okay? Verse 17, therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, talking about Jesus, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, which basically propitiation means that his sacrifice, it, it averted the judgment of God toward us. It appeased and satisfied the divine wrath against sin to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Verse 18, for in that he himself has suffered, talking about Jesus, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus suffered as a man in the earth and he is able to bring aid because he knows what it's like. Our Savior knows what suffering is and he is able to bring aid. I'm gonna read it one more time. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. All right, my last point is this. Jesus will come to your aid. All right, when you're walking through this life, walking through this world, living for God, walking on your journey with God, it does not matter what suffering, tribulation, affliction, wilderness experience you walk through, Jesus will come to your aid. The Bible says he does not aid angels, but he aids you, the seed of Abraham. Those justified by grace through faith, he comes to our aid because he can empathize and he, he is a faithful and merciful, merciful high priest. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that whatever people are in, whatever suffering, process, tribulation, trouble they are in right now, I pray right now, God, that you, Jesus, would come to their aid. Show them how to walk through it and come through it triumphant in, in, in you and in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you've heard today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.